bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And there's just nothing. <laughs> the Rams won the stupid fucking rigged ass Super Bowl. Meow, meow. I heard. <laughs> I mean, stupid. I had it on for a little bit. I was trying to get in the spirit like I did with Christmas. You know what I mean? I was trying to be like a an American. And well, it's not fair for anyone to have to watch anything sports related, particularly football, particularly the Super Bowl without fucking onion dip. Nothing. Brownies. I had nothing. Fries. Not one thing. Jalapeno poppers. Nope. Nachos. OK. You other know what? cheese treats. Here's the deal. <laughs> um, next year, I'm going to have onion dip, buffalo wings. Like potato skins, uh, uh-huh. that's always a thing. I'm going to do all of the things we see in commercials. It's the only reason and anyone beer. goes to a Super Bowl party. Yes. Is for the food. Queso and I'll have baked ziti maybe. I don't know. Everything that you shouldn't have, I'm going to have I it. love a stuffed shell. It's these big shells. I love stuffed shells. You do and you put like a ricotta mixture. Love stuffed roll it shells. Up, then I'll you put them 5,000 of them. Then you put the sauce. You know what? I have a good recipe. <laughs> That's going to be made before the next Super Bowl. That's going to be made tomorrow. in the next couple of days. Yeah. yeah. I want stuffed shells. We should be able to get <gasps> gluten-free shells. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, big shells. I have a recipe. I'm going to get it because it's so good. <gasps> now, the Super Bowl, the fake rigged Super Bowl, was in <laughs> L.A., okay? Mm-hmm. And then, which had been bid on months ago, mm-hmm. and then L.A. miraculously went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then they barely won after a barrage of random ass penalties in the last two minutes of the game. Literally, there was like like no penalties. And then in the last two minutes, it's time for all of the refs to like. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. I was wondering how they won because I had checked in a couple times and I saw that the Bengals, the Bengalis yeah. were winning the whole time. Sorry that... P- Corporate America had their bets and paid off. I I can't. Now, one of our 14 listeners, Tara Gordon, she sent a picture of her and her dog Bubba for the Drug Den Bulletin Board. Mm. Now, Tara, you probably know, but we call Kiwi Papa. Oh, my God. And then we call the collective unit the team of dogs. And also we include Dumpling and we call them the Puppas. That's right. That is this is a cute ass dog. Yeah. Bubba is cute. So, Tara, if you get like another animal, you can call them the Bubba's. Oh, my God. (laughs) The Bubba's and the (laughs) Puppas. And then they can do a band where they sing like California Dreamin'. Oh, my God. And then Dumpling can be there bugging with like a tambourine. (laughs) 
I can. I'm just seeing it in my mind's eye. It's just making me. Because Bubba's a big dog. Yeah. So the Bubba's and the Puppas would be like the big dogs and the little dogs. <laughs> You're so dumb, now, now. <laughs> You're so dumb. I wish I could draw. If I could draw, that would be like a like a cartoon. A great the, the Bubba's. cartoon. Oh my god! Can you yeah. imagine the Bubba's and the Puppas? Dumpling comes in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dump- I run this band. Yeah, Dumpling's Just- like the whore <laughs> that slept with everyone. Like the dumb bitch from the Mamas and the Papas who was always oh on the fucking God. side, useless with her tambourine. Yes, so good. Bondi, Bondi, babe. Papas and cafe customers. Oh, she said Papas. Yeah. So she knew. She knew. So she sang Bondi, babes, Papas and cafe customers. Uh-huh. Oh, for the bird cafe. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, I already love you so fucking much. Send- I love you so fucking much. And sir, fucking much. <laughs> sir, fucking Illy. much. Illy. Sending all the love and sanity for do you 22. You're so dumb. All you can think about the and dumpling and, and like Jean got off shorts. <laughs> yeah. With like a lo- like his hair parted in the middle. He's a whore. He is. He's a little slut. He's a slut from the sixties. My senior pity Bubba listens to just as much DGP and Patreon content as I do. And she demanded I send some of her glamour shots for the drug den bulletin board already. Jesus fucking Christ. Mom, it's been years. So here we are. Thank you both for being literal beams of light in my life. You've gotten me through more than you know. Next time you're in Philly, I'd love to treat you to legit cheese. <gasps> oh, that's what we need at the oh, Super Bowl. God, the cheese steaks. Mm. Oh, and mm. some pickleback shot. Mm. Mm. Tara? Damn it. Mm. I know a spot and I'm Jewish, so trust, believe, and receive. Love you, mean it. P.S. I was in the audience for your Watch What Happens Live bartending appearance with the Southern Charm douche baggeries, and you better believe I was more excited to see y'all, but was too nervous to say hi. So, hi. Tara! Oh my you should have said something from the audience so wow. we knew we had one fan. Andy Cohen didn't even give us any attention back then. No. Or no. now, but but at least we were there. We were like the thirst, <laughs> the lurk, and the fucking gall of it all. Of like, it all. Just lurking and thirsting and galling through just golems. We were golems. We were golems. We were golems. I feel like I could, I'm, I'm like into this dog. Yeah. I mean, I also love a Jewess living in Philadelphia <laughs> with a pit bull. I love like a rescue pit bull yes. moment. I don't know. I'm feeling I like, Bubba's like really so fucking cute. Also, it's a girl and her name's Bubba. She has this picture. She's smiling. I don't know. She's so, so, she's really, really cute. cute. Tara's so cute. And they are glamour shots. They I mean, one of them shots. seductively in bed, I think. <laughs> so it's the Tinder shot for mm-hmm, Bubba. Mm-hmm. And the Bubbas and the Puppas are here to stay. <laughs> Laura Wilkinson, also one of our 14 listeners and Patreon subscribers, sent us a little reference book, Meow Meow, for the Windowsill Bird Cafe that Tara referenced when she said Bondi Babes, Puppas, and Cafe Patrons. It's so fucking cool it's called the birds of southern california it's a substantial little oh. heavy book with oh my e- god i love those books those are like those like audubon books and shit yeah <gasps> oh my god with pictures it's, it's, i can't wait to settle in and read it yeah full color pictures oh my god of the birds adult and juvenile so we'll know when we have juvenile versions of the birds yeah she's already like like living laura we're currently getting Oh, my God. The the thing framed that Lauren sent us, which <gasps> is going to go next to the cafe. And then we'll put this book right under it. 
And then whenever, pretty much mm. whenever Pam comes to dog sit the mm. papas, mm -hmm. she'll be able to sit. We'll have a whole bird watching scenario set oh up God, for I the cafe. Wait. Yes. It's really Ooh. shaping up so nicely. Oh, my God. Such okay. a nice book, right? Gorgeous. I I'm already... I love it. The note says, love you guys. You keep me going in these times. Love from Lara Wilkinson. Well, I've been calling her Laura. <laughs> Fucking great. Well, fantastic. Sorry, Lara. Or maybe now, it's Lara? Lara. Now I'm giving, I'm getting a strong Lara Trump vibe. Vibes, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, Meow Meow's already just so into it. It's a really nice quality book. It's, it's a beautiful book. I love when when you're trying to learn about animals or cooking. Yep. You want... It made me instantly want, think of Quad's cookbook that you bought. Oh, God, which, which is, is so nice. It's all color photos. Yeah, that's what you need. You need yeah. to know what the dish is going to look like that you're cooking. Yeah. And, and this is, I need to know what the bird is to look like. What's got... That's, that's dining at the restaurant. Now, Pam Hart who is one of our Patreon subscribers and has been following your um, your COVID journey in your hands with the sanitizer <laughs> sabotage that you've done to your knuckles. She sent oh, you a yeah. huge tin of Burt's Bees hand salve mm -hmm. for those for those knuckles, honey. Ugh. We're rehabbing the knuckles. We yeah, are. I mean, I, I am slowly. It's getting it's slow, but it's. And this is a medicinal salve. Now, we've had certain salves over the time, but this one has the medicinal smell. I think this could be could be the ticket Whoa, she's woo. it's got a man who clearly has lived outdoors <laughs> working at a, on a lighthouse yeah um and is uh -huh. also the undead on the cover of the <laughs> south so if it works on his hands and it says a farmer's friend oh wow i mean all right well i just put it on because my i'm still definitely dealing with the one really bad knuckle the because i one. don't ever leave it alone yeah and i've slowly been Destroying the other one, but yeah, because as the skin is molting off, you then pick it and play with it, and pick when it, it and play with it, it and only, worry it. Yeah, because yeah. when it gets to that, you know, that skin where it gets like super hard. Mm -hmm. That's why, I like, that's why I like it. Well, it's like when people like me, I'll do my cuticle sometimes. I had a cuticle that I showed you the other was yeah. it today or the other day. I've been working on for days, and I have not been. I've been very careful to not let it go, and then I've just worried it too much that it fell off. Well, recently, and it did. It was the start of a dark week for us. You had been playing with one um, incessantly and obsessively, and mm -hmm. then you woke up in the morning and you said it came off in the <laughs> night. And I was like, "It's okay. Let's see if you can find it in the bed." Just look around. We might be able to find it. Okay? It's not lost forever. And then the week just went. <laughs> so sometimes you can't play with it too long, Mama. You've got to get it off and then you've got to enjoy the <laughs> You'll lose it in the bed at night. <laughs> I think it's so sweet that Pam sent the salve. Like, it's not Pam so Howard. Sweet. Pam's or Pam's. I would just wouldn't take. I, if, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I don't take care of myself in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never think to get myself hand salve. Yeah. I'm always just sort of like, well, I guess I'm going to rip my skin off. Yeah. Julie, your knuckles sound horrific. Maybe the salve will help. Love your irreverent songs and the dynamic with Brandy from Pam Hart. Well, I, thank you. And also, I it's it's already sinking in. It is. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I can wow. smell the healing from here. I can smell it too. I wonder if I should put it like in other parts. Now it's time for JoJo and Kiki. Lock the doors. Lower the blinds. Machine and put on your heels. Cause I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I wanna have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey, Jojo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm gonna let you have it. Jojo 
honey. All right, so this week, 100,000 Russian troops surrounded the border of Ukraine, and they are currently sitting there threatening to invade it while world leaders, including ours, fly in and out of there trying to get a handle on this fucking bizarre situation. We're not going to talk about it, however, because Vladimir Putin is a fucking asshole who is basically now backpedaling and pretending that he's just he's just having his troops hang out on the border to do drills. And also, we're not going to talk about it because talking about Russia trying to control Ukraine and Crimea is tragic and lame and never ending and unfair and gross. And the U.S. never shits or gets off the pot when it comes to any of it. It's all just a bunch of posturing and press releases when we need to be minding our own bankrupt business. Oh, God. The news is just so redundant and boring right now. Texas sued Facebook for stealing facial recognition data without users' consent. The West Coast is in the middle of a historic mega drought, despite the fact that it is literally raining (laughs) here right now at this very moment. Rain is pouring down outside. And Todrick Hall has a hardcore final two deal with Misha Tate on Celebrity Big Brother, and it doesn't make any sense why. Why? Why? She's just awful. I don't. It's not how <laughs> the, the world and the universe was supposed to go. Uh-uh. No, no. It's all annoying. It's all preventable. And other than Todrick going rogue with Misha Douche <laughs> on Celebrity Big Brother, it's all predictable. I wish JoJo and Kiki could nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court every week. Yeah. And then we could relax and drink champagne and let the podcast write itself. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, but we didn't wait our whole lives for Kamala Harris to become vice president to sit and talk about Vladimir Putin lurking his troops on the border of Ukraine for the nine millionth freaking time. Okay, no, fuck that. We need to be taking care of our shit here. People are struggling. Yeah, and that's why people need to be talking about the real tea, meow meow, Mm. which is Joe Manchin and the Build Back Better bill. Yes, okay, so... Just in case you don't know, don't care, or don't remember, Joe Biden created the Build Back Better Human Infrastructure Bill that was set to lift millions of children out of poverty and provide nationwide universal pre-kindergarten to the public school system and to raise the wages for the people working in the home caregiver industry. But the bill was stalled because congressional cock blockers Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema said that they would not vote for it, even though... Jojo and Kiki revised the bill on their behalf, and they promised they would vote for it. And they won't vote for it, even though the Senate is tied and they are both Democrats (laughs) who should be voting with the fucking Democrats no matter what anyway, even if the Senate wasn't tied, Mm -hmm. even if there was five extra Democrats in the Senate, even if it was 55-45. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema should be voting with the Democrats, yep. no matter what. That's what the Republicans do. That's right. But no, no. <laughs> they vote like they were elected as Republicans. And Kirsten Gizema represents Arizona and got elected by pretending she was a liberal bisexual who cared about equal rights. <laughs> Cut to last year, the same day as the inauguration, Joe Manchin gave his word that he would help Republicans by keeping the filibuster. And then less than two months later... Kirsten Cinema voted against raising the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. People are struggling to survive working two and three minimum wage jobs in Arizona, bitch, during a <laughs> pandemic. And she went and voted against raising their wages. She's a monster. I'm a sorry. Full, yes. Yeah, exactly. And their gaslighting and roadblocking continued all last year. 
Whether it was raising minimum wage or protecting voting rights or universal pre-K and child tax credits, they exploited their power in the name of the corporate lobby and used it against everyday Americans. It's pathetic and disgusting, and the Democratic Party stood silent for too long until recently. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Democratic National Committee, who just proved that they are capable of strong-arming the party when they force Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer to retire, has recently been putting out feelers for possible Senate candidates to run against both Kristen Gizema and Joe Manchin when they're up for re-election in 2024. In Kristen Gizema's case, the party's gone so far as to leak the actual name of the person they are considering. So, um, so check it, bitch. Aren't you the coat check girl? We'll <laughs> yes. check it, bitch. And I don't know whether Joe Manchin was feeling the chill of the re-election primary shade or what, but basically, here is the tea, okay? And I don't know why cable news and it's just, it's nowhere. It's really course, hard to find. Shocking. I don't know. And I don't know why MSNBC and CNN are 24 hours running this story. Joe Manchin came out this week and said he would be down to pass JoJo and Kiki's Build Back Better bill if they updated it so that the way the bill is paid for is through raising taxes on corporations and the uber wealthy. I mean, now take it with a grain of salt, but throw in some peppercorns too, because there's one thing that does check out about this. Every time Joe Manchin first rejected the Build Back Better bill, he repeatedly said that he had an issue with how expensive the bill was and what it would do to the federal debt and deficit. He made it clear that he didn't want the money to pay for all the shit to come from the federal government. Yeah, he did say that. And it was always annoying when he said it because <laughs> Biden and Bernie Sanders and basically everyone involved who wrote the bill have repeatedly themselves said that the bill will not add to the federal debt and that it will pay for itself. But either way... The shit is super expensive because along with the child tax credits and universal pre-K and all that, it has a ton of expensive climate legislation in it. Right. Well, now Joe Manchin is claiming that he will vote for the bill just as long as Biden raises taxes on the uber rich and corporations will pay for the bill. I mean, he 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 went on record, not that it matters these days, yeah, I mean, no. literally at all, and said he wants to roll back the Trump tax cuts, which he, to his credit, did originally vote against back in 2016. Um, he said he also wants to raise the corporate tax rate, which we are obviously very here for. Uh -huh. He said he wants to create a higher margin of tax for the wealthy. Okay, go on and pay your taxes, uh, <laughs> gers. Um, he wants to raise the capital gains tax. He wants to raise the tax rate on carried interest income. And this is one of the best things he wants to do. He wants to raise the income threshold for the taxes that fund social for the taxes that fund social security from where it is now at 147,000 a year oh. to those that make 400,000 a year or more. So basically, no matter what you make, you whether you make 150,000 or you make 150 million, uh -huh. only the first $147,000 of your income is taxed on behalf of social security. And I think we know that's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, Social Security is going to go bankrupt, like, uh, by Christmas, probably. Oh, like, God. I mean, it's, 
go ahead and raise the threshold. In fact, while you're at it, go ahead and raise it to a million because I don't give a fuck. And while you're at it, let's not forget that Elizabeth Warren has been saying this for years. Okay, Joe, like and all they all have already wanted it. You're not bringing something new to the table, but good. We're glad you're 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 saying it now. Finally, it's absolutely unbelievable that he's going against his corporate cronies because God knows he we got here because he needed to have the climate entire lobby paid off, you know, but. He is suggesting the bill include taxing the wealthy. So Republicans must be shitting their pants and that's good. Oh, I'm sure they don't even care. First of all, it's probably not even true, (laughs) as we know. Joe Manchin is just trying to save his ass in 2024. But even if it is true, it doesn't matter because all the Republicans need is one (laughs) stupid fake bisexual Democrat (laughs) to vote no. And the bill is dead. And her name is Kirsten Sinema. This horrific troll. Okay has flat out refused to raise the taxes on corporations and the uber rich, even though she also voted against those same tax breaks in the first place on Trump's bill. Oh, yeah. But that was before she became an arm for the Republican agenda. All it took was three years for them to corrupt her. Three years. I mean, I don't even I can't even stop drinking in three years. So I don't know. At least Joe Manchin has 10 kids and 200 grandkids and a huge family and a yacht and a million things he's trying not to lose mm-hmm. if we're going to make an excuse for his corruption. Right. And, and it is no excuse, but he has been in Congress forever. Kirsten Sinema has only been a senator for four years. Mm-hmm. You got to be one hell of a mercenary megalomaniac to drop <laughs> every single one of your values in your first term just for power and money. There is literally a pathway to passing JoJo and Kiki's Build Back Better bill. And the path to passing it is paved with higher fucking taxes on the rich and the resource-sucking corporations and with a renewed social security program. But Kristen Sinema has a problem with that. I I can't stand by this. Uh. How is she a fucking Democrat? What kind of sociopath is willing to be the single person standing in the way of helping millions of struggling parents and children? She hates children. I think she might hate children. Single, and, and single mothers. literally single mothers working three jobs. She she is exactly what you said. The lone individual woman. Oh, it's so sad. Standing in the way of this bill, which oh. goes directly to kids. We don't even have kids. I know I say it every time and we lose our shit every time we talk about this subject because it's like none of the things in this bill will benefit us at all. Right. But it's like. Right. We're just thinking of women. It's women who have kids. Hey, right. What woman? What woman? What self-respecting woman can do this? This bitch thinks she knows more about the economics of the federal budget than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren? She, uh, she is a delusional narcissist drunk on her own power and we have got to get her out. This is our segment called The Ladies' Room, and it's just ladies talking lady stuff. And our guest today is Pinnacles when it comes to being a lady. She's gorgeous, she's smart, she's famous, she's Persian, and she's rich. 
<laughs> very rich, very beautiful, and very, very smart. If you're a Bravo fan, you'll know her as the undisputed star of the Shaws of Sunset. And if you're not a Bravo fan, you'll probably know her anyway because you're one of our 14 listeners and Julie and I are absolutely fucking obsessed with her and talk about her all the time. It's true. Sorry to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> we loved her before we were ever on Bravo and we've continued our obsession long after being kicked off Bravo. We're so excited this is happening and we can't believe she agreed to do our stupid podcast. So without further ado, it's time for a meeting in the ladies room with Super Shaw Mercedes Javid. Hi, MJ. Hi, guys. Um, okay, so people who don't watch Shaw's might not know that the Persian community in LA has the largest population of Persians outside of the Middle East. You were born in Iran, Iran, Iran. You can tell us how to say it correctly. Iran. Iran. When did your family come to LA and why? Okay, my dad moved to the United States in the 60s because he wanted um, a more progressive life. He was um, a trailblazer, no doubt, because a lot of the Persians, who, the Iranians who left, were leaving because of the regime, the um, very extremist, fundamentalist, and freedoms being taken away yeah. and lives being taken away. Yeah. And so when my dad left, he was thankfully well-established in the United States, mm. but there were so many friends and family and friends and family, let me emphasize, emphasize that we're still in um, New York, <laughs> in Iran that didn't have a way out because you have to have means to be able to pick up your family. How are you going to get here? How are you going to, what are you going to do once you get here? And so my dad, he's my hero because he was just a fearless guy who was had the balls to say, I'm going to figure it out. Mm. I have two hands, two legs, two arms, two legs. I ha I, and, and what he started to do was he started to say, hey, what's cool in America that we don't have in Iran? The like the birth of like his import export was what's cool in Iran that they don't have here. So it would start with simple things like Levi's jeans or um, Persian tapestries and rugs. And so he uh, started that way. And as he as he established himself, he would help like his brothers, his sisters and buy like a house or a small business that they can run together. A very mm. small like a very small grassroots process that, you know, it's basically like hey, Brandy, I found something really amazing out here. Why don't you come out here and help me grow it? Were your parents married when they, when your dad, or was your dad like young, hot, single? My dad was young, hot, single. Like he was like the, the man of every moment for like the whole decade of the 60s. He hadn't <laughs> met my mom yet. And well, he hadn't married my mom yet. And he would make trips back to Iran, back to the U.S. And on one of those trips, he uh, got down on one knee, asked permission, got the blessing from her, from my grandfather and also my uncle, who was his best friend. So we know and love your mom on the show. It's kind of interesting to imagine her like young and like in love <laughs> and, you know, so we never think of our parents like that, you know? She is the most romantic. Like she has crushes on like Leslie Caron and like those <laughs> French actors that, you know, do those beautiful op opulent movies. And um, so, yeah, she definitely wanted to get out because her parents were not only strict, but she had two older brothers that were extremely 
overbearing and strict. Oh. She was the baby of five. Oh. And were they all they're four boys? Uh, no. Two boys, two girls. Mm. The girls above her were just like badass, had like absolutely, absolute independence. Mm. Very, my yeah. So like when my mom was one of those that had no time on her own. It was going from living in her um, parents' house to living in her husband's house. Mm. And were your parents? Born Muslim. Born and, and raised. My parents were very spiritual. So even though both of their parents were Muslim, they were like, well, we're going to take all of the good things that the Quran <laughs> says, and we are only going to... They were so open-minded, both of my parents, that they were like, we're only going to embrace the things that make sense. Um, learning, they, they believe in reincarnation and good versus bad and evil and righteous in... like. A, a value system that every human being should have. So they didn't really come to any kind of uh, historic crossroads where they will fight with you about what happened 4,000 years ago. <laughs> My mom always <laughs> says that too. Like, I just want to be, I'm just want to be good for goodness sake. Like, like a, like human being things, not like some kind of like, not because God is going to punish you. It's an ethos or doctrine yeah. or some shit. 100%. Yeah. That's yeah. so important to me. I'm, I'm so inspired by that because that's part of who I am is not being told things have to be a certain way. Were you were you newborn when you moved here? I was born here. My parents, so since my dad, w I was born in the 70s, very end of the 70s, obviously, <laughs> so I'm so young. And so my mom and dad came here. They came to London. They were, it was like we had a really, they had a really good life before they got pregnant with me. So yeah, I was born in Virginia. <laughs> okay. And raised in Virginia. Now, I just want to know, did you guys do, your family, did they do Christmas? Like yes. So that's the other thing. It wasn't about Jesus's birthday. It was just about like, let's put up a tree. Let's um, make sure that we're sending a message that says, like I have a menorah today to this date. I light it and like Mike Shuhead gets really happy when he sees <laughs> that I'm lighting it. And I'm like, Please teach me something new. I ask so many of my friends, like, please, please give me the symbol behind all of these traditions. And they'll say, I don't really know. You just light the candle. And I'm like, really? <laughs> That's all you got for me? So for Christmas, it's like, yes, we'll get a tree. And we are like celebrating, being festive mm -hmm. and definitely not banishing anyone else. Because like I see I saw people that would get so frustrated, be like, Oh my God, did you see they put a tree and not a star? Did you see the lights? They're red and they're not blue or they're blue and they're not red. And then what about Kwanzaa? And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just do all the lights? Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, right. Why can't we just right. have everyone represented? And, and I never felt because of that, I never felt excluded from anything, even though I grew up in a place where it was very waspy. Mm. That's my only thing about my uh, upbringing that was really sticky was that everyone was like blonde hair with blue eyes. <laughs> I'm glad that we did embrace all religions. Yeah. I grew up Jewish and they were really not religious, but traditional forcing the ritual, blah, blah, blah. So I grew up thinking like, I can't do Christmas. I can't do Christmas. And then being friends with her, Brandy really opened me up to being like, why not? It's right. not, I'm not. It's not a religious thing. I can 
be you part of a the world. Tree, yeah. Just a holiday tree that makes you feel peaceful. Well, that's what that's what my neighbors would say. They'd be like, "Are you allowed to have?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yes, we can have it." It felt so weird. It felt like so much like um, you can be such a product of xenophobia. Like you could feel mm-hmm. like so put on an island by other people's questions. It's like, are you an alien? Are you allowed to have, oh, you have pita bread. What is that? (laughs) So like, I grew up in a place where there was no foreign grocery store. There was only Wonder Bread and there wasn't even Aura Wheat Bread. We just had like very waspy things. So for me, the big issues growing up were cultural. Mm Mm-hmm. Were there other Muslims? Not really at all, Mm. especially if you think that the incubus that you live in is your school bubble, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. your whole entire world is your bus bus route and your city, like your school system. So no, I know um, from the small size of my elementary school that there was Mandy Feldman. (laughs) She was in the grade above me. Yes. And the junior vice principal was a Tenenbaum and she was actually also half black. So it was really cool that like I never forget like there was one guy from Vietnam. So that's why I know how to pronounce certain words. And like we had one guy named Gravinder. He was tortured because he was so different and his parents would like have him keep his hair of the longer tradition. So like you know, he got made fun of. If I'm going to say torture, I don't mean it literally. But, like, it was really hard not to be just, like, a little blue-eyed, blonde-haired little Mm -hmm. girl. And then once you were around, uh, like, other um, Persians, like, like where it was there, was there ever, like, a a religious thing among... Because on the show, that's one thing we love about the show, (laughs) one of our favorite shows ever on Bravo, ever... Is when oh, you that guys episode went to which one? Oh, Israel. It was like maybe Turkey. Turkey. And you went you to Turkey. Oh, yeah. Turkey, bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> not because of that though. But um, no, it was when um, it was it was the it was the it was the just the the summation the of yeah, everything that a gay man could go into the mosque and a woman who was religious and wanted to be there for the faith was not allowed. Right. And it right. was everything, which was a really big deal for me and Asa. And, of course. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that really took me back to my ancestry, even my mom and dad. And like, it's like, wow, you know, because I did grow up in the U.S. I didn't get to see experience a lot of the inside of mosques. And once you come to the United States, you want to continue to embrace your culture, especially now that I have a son. Mm -hmm. I want that for him. But where's the opportunities? Like you actually have to go far away. You have to go to the Middle East in order to feel those things. It was that show. I that episode should have won an Emmy. I thought it was yeah. so. We were so moved, yeah. and we learned so much, mm-hmm. and it was just really interesting. It's chilling because when we walked into that mosque, we were first of all it's se- segregated on the inside, mm-hmm. and of course it's not like a a surprise that you have to grab a shawl when you go to the um, Duomo in Milan. You know, like that's why they'll sell like the shawls for like the girls that come in there t-shirts and tank mm-hmm. tops is like no we understand that this was it doesn't matter what you wear there's nothing you can go outside and buy from a cart <laughs> to put on and be allowed to be here and that was a very moving 
experience for like all of the years caught up with me in one hour, in one day. It was it was like a tidal wave of like understanding history. Yeah, and being history. part of a culture that you are, you are, it's in your blood and yet you're not, you're in it and then you're not allowed. I mean, I know there's every culture has it, every religion has it when you're in it, but then you're rejected. Yes. It's... It sucks. It sucks. So when I came to California, then all of a sudden, all the Persians at Beverly High were Persian. And I was like, holy shit, there's graffiti in Farsi in the yeah. bathroom walls of like Beverly Hills High School. I thought it was going to look like more like Clueless or like more like Elle Woods. And so then when I met the Persians, the first Yom Kippur school is out. So never did I have school holiday on Kippur. Mm, mm-hmm. So that was a crazy wake up. Wow, it's a lot of Jews there. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of Jews. At Fairfax High, it would be closed. At Beverly, it would be closed. Wow. Those were like our full area. And like, I had a crush on this guy named Human. <laughs> I will like leave his last name out on purpose. God knows what he's doing now. I don't want to offend his wife because you know she'll be threatened by me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, damn it, too. <laughs> he's going to come creeping yeah. in the DMs. And I wore something special for that day, not knowing that it's a holiday. And when I wasn't in school, there it was again. I was different because I wasn't Jewish. So I, I didn't like go home and say, Dad, why aren't we Jewish? But I was like, why is there division again? Mm-hmm. That's so, what I was asking Especially about. when yeah. we're siblings. Right. We're Jews both and Muslims, the same, yes, literal siblings, right? I always it blows my mind <laughs> that that it's the most divided groups of people, and yet from the same exact family. Exactly, and that's and that's when I found out in my first crush that being Jewish and being Muslim mm. is not okay. His parents weren't down with me. Mm-hmm. Did your parents care? If they, you like liked they, a Jewish boy. No, they didn't care. But then they got pissed <laughs> that we were not being accepted. Right. Yeah. And we were like, wait a minute. Back in Iran, we we fled the country because of the regime to come here and be accepted. And now we're still being told that like because you are Muslim origin, then you must be just like those bad guys that didn't like the Jews. And just the girls, too, you know, like. Shabbat on Friday night is a really big deal to this day. And like if I would send a message like a text or something to a girlfriend that's they're celebrating Shabbat and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like they're going to think of me as like the the bad, like the banshee that isn't at home, you know, doing something family oriented for Shabbat. So, yeah, it sucks. It's like you have to be you. You have to be part of that tribe and you're not. But because my husband is Catholic, then I'm like, oh, we're being accepted because we're showing you that we're like a mixed race family. And that means that we're open minded. So like, come on in. It's warm in here. It's, it's safe. <laughs> yeah, we're open minded. So like that to me is kind of like this passport to like acceptance to other people. Yeah. And my husband is very open-minded about all of it. You know, most Catholics, they're like, oh, we were Catholic. We denounced Catholics, (laughs) you know? Right. So So recovering Catholic. How is it meeting his family? Is he, and he's like what, like his um, long ago origins? Are we Italian, (laughs) Irish? What are we dealing with? How did you know? Yes. So his mom's, so you guys, we saw Pierce Brosnan and his wife at um, Cafe Habana. on Saturday and I melted into the concrete because it was Brosnan is Tommy's mom's side. 
So oh wow. So his mother and Pierce Brosnan are like cousins thrice removed. So I was like, I have to show him his grandson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I should have told him that Shams, this is your fate, flesh and blood. Yeah, you've never seen. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's like ancestry.com. 100%. We will be connected on all of those sites that if they so registered. Funny. My husband's side, Tommy's side is Howard Beach, Queens, all Italian Irish neighborhood. And he's, Every ounce of it. So mm-hmm. we're, how was it meeting his family? They were cool? Were they, had he ever been in a, in a sort of like bi-ethnic racial relish before? Yeah. Well, he had not. But I'm, I suspect, and Terry McGuire can confirm this. I love her. We have such a good, me and my, my mill, we have such a great relationship. Is her name Terry McGuire? Yes. Oh, that's genius. Is it? <laughs> and are you just like, show me the yeah, money, show Terry? <laughs> show me the money! It's so fucking genius. Her name's Terry McGuire. I can't take it. Like, I can't take it. And then you go, you complete me, Terry. <laughs> yes. McGuire. She was, she, I, I suspect that she thought that I wasn't going to take him seriously. Oh. And that because he wasn't of my kind, he wasn't Persian, I might just look at him as like, just a dude for now but then that changed you know she was probably worried about me being more of like a closed minded like um clannish person like persians can tend to be or any culture can tend to you know kind of band together were your parents okay with with tommy when they met him or were they just like by then yes i mean my parents wanted they were like you're american yeah and yeah, I was right. like, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm Persian. I'm Iranian. They're like, you're American. Yeah. So then I would ask them because there was two tier, two layers to this. One is they didn't want me to be with a man because they wanted me to die a virgin. So there's that. <laughs> but once they were accepting that I am going to have a boyfriend and I am going to have sex, then it was like, absolutely, it could be. We don't. We probably don't want you to be under the confines of a closed-minded Persian, because Persian men can be oh my God. Yeah. misogynistic. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say it. Yeah, I didn't say it. I think nobody we, on we, the uh, show can come for me and say, yeah. "Maris, you like this is, would be like Mike Shuhat, obviously." Yeah. I can't believe you go on podcasts and say that like Persians are misogynistic. Like, how come you don't have our back? And it's With what it is. any culture, they all have it. Jews have it. Every, particularly clannish cultures, has a very deep misogyny. Yes. They do. Unless, until a woman pulls her dick out and shows him how to be, it'll just get worse. It's like an infectious disease. Well, so before we let you go, last question. Tell us just about what what your deal is, like, politically. Like, do you, when you're, and growing up and your parents, like, do you... Are you involved? Are you interested in sort of like voting and stuff like that? A hundred percent voting. Yes. Where I grew up, we were, first of all, right outside Washington, D.C. So the Mm. news was on. My dad was at the March of Washington. He was always talking about politics with his friends and, you know, my uncles and the women in my household we're not talking about culture. I mean, about politics as much. And then the really smart women that were a little bit more philosophical and cool and open-minded, and probably they would lesbian. get involved. Yeah, 
and, and, and not in all cases, some yeah. cases, because yeah. I do have a um, lesbian superior court retired judge in our family, which I'm very, Ooh. very proud of wow. her. Yeah. And she was another person who came very early in the 60s and went to law school and put herself through it and everything. Um, but like the cool, open minded women that in my family and friends that I really looked up to were the ones that were getting involved in the conversations with the men. OK, so. I told you guys when we were like talking about politics, being a TV personality, right? We've been, as soon as like on my platform, if I share an opinion, oh boy, do I regret it. <laughs> yeah. Like immediately there is something wrong. I've really, really offended people. They're getting really angry. It's inciting hate and violence and terrible behavior. So I think I've been like shocked so much by expressing any of my political views or like just like something really benign that's like i would love for you know children to live in heated apartments you know like you know like just electricity is good yeah. for people who need machines to on life support and like having said that i support any organization that helps people anything that is considered to be dare i say like wanting to take care of everyone and i know that i've 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 been like well i think if i had to say that i was socialist i think i would be cool with that and people say do you know what that means and they'll find a flaw within the definition of calling yourself socialist or like um h however um when we have our um when our when our voting is up when our propositions are up anytime there is something of course i'm going to show up I'm going to read the fine print. I'm going to pray to God that I'm not voting on the opposite side of a cause that I want because the, they're written so difficult, yeah. like so um, hard. But then I'll always rely on the like my smart friends. I'll be like, okay, so we're no on prop eight, right? Or is it yes? <laughs> yeah. Which one is the one that, that one helps it go through? Of all time, yeah. Prop right? Eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get up, I show up, I vote. Any time that humanity is the on the winning side of anything, that's where my vote is. Thank you again for doing our stupid podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, we love, love you so much. much. Love you guys and more. And we love Tommy too. We love yeah, all love of Tommy. you. <laughs> I'm just getting started. I don't want to say goodbye. Well, we'll we'll you'll be back and we'll do part two, part yes. three, part four. We'll do drinking. We'll do drinking. Yeah. We'll do the dreams. <laughs> um, tell our 14 listeners when and where they can find you on all your socials and when they can hear yes so it's gonna be shh, toya <laughs> so it's at we you can find us at till the dirt podcast with tommy and mj you can find me at mercedes javid on all podcast on all social platforms and i'm really really excited i want to make sure that we share that we're taking our podcast on the road and oh. we have two dates to announce which is may 9th and may 11th at the 310 Bowery Bar in New York City. Ooh. And <laughs> Bridie's in Queens. So this is like a really, really, really big deal. That's I'm going to say that's Thank the you business. For, if there's anything yeah. to do, it's to see Mercedes <laughs> in person. That is yeah. totally, you guys that's the need business. to keep going business. all over the country. Yeah. That's a, such a good idea. Thank you. And um, so my my Till the Dirt podcast and also our YouTube. We're so excited and we really need you guys to like help support that. So thank you and we really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you. How do you say thank you in Farsi? Merci. Merci. Yes. We've heard it say this in Merci. Merci.
Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans, the QAnon cunts, the calculated corporate climate killers, and the vindictive virtue signaling liberal losers. <laughs> we are all somewhere on that spectrum fighting for our team to win the rigged race of rights in America. <laughs> but finally, after five years of dealing with Trump, the virtue signaling liberal losers are fighting the diarrhea toilet Republicans <laughs> like they're in a roid rage at the Beijing Winter Olympics. And their pissed off rebel yell makes me think that Do You 22 is going to be the year of So There's That. Mm, okay. um, and unfortunately for you, Mau, Mau, it's your job to find them. So did you find anything? Ooh. Uh, this is going to be really like all over the place. Okay. And um, I just want to warn you. I'm going to basically spend two seconds telling you what the actual so there's that is. And the rest of the time, just like ranting. So, OK, well, this episode's been completely all over the place yeah. and weird and random. And yeah. so has this week. It's been a while since I got to talk about animals. And today is animal overload, bitches. On the Patreon yesterday, we talked about Katie Candy's giant rabbit. And thank God. Because it really helped move my mind's eye from my insane hormonal cravings and physical deterioration into a sleepless night of philosophical wanderings. One of the things I let my mind take a hike through is the fact that I have an unhealthy attachment to animals, particularly That's true. furry ones. And you know, for all the obvious reasons, they don't tell me I'm bad at math. They don't tell me I'm a disappointment. And I feel they constantly need me and want me. Sexually. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just kidding. <laughs> they just make me feel good. And even though they don't know me, I feel loved by them. And ultimately, that's why anyone who's truly obsessed with animals is obsessed with animals. And aren't you born narcissists? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's also because we don't trust people, but we want to feel loved. And that's what animals do for those of us who are in that predicament. So next time you see a woman with 50 cats... Just know that's how fucked up she is <laughs> and also how hairy her furniture is. Well, in my wander mind, I also kept my eyes open for this week's sermon. So let me get on my soapbox. Now, one of the things Trump did when he got into office was to recant and take away basically every good thing the Obama administration did. He gutted every good and moral thing the Obama administration had a hand in. The Republican Party's entire agenda is to strip away at the ethical soul of this country and flush it down the toilet. It is a slow and methodical process that I believe has been going on particularly since McCarthy started blacklisting actors in the 50s. The torch has been handed down generation after generation until Trump emerged as an antichrist of sorts and the Republicans and Republican adjacents could finally come out of the shadows where they skulk around or from behind their pastors or imams or rabbis, but mostly pastors, let's be honest, and come out with all their poison wrapped up in a slithery conservative package. But all of those things, all of their bullshit is fake, it's lies, it's, it's manipulation, and it's dork-sided. The Democrats may be pussy, self-righteous, virtue-signaling twats, but look at what's happening already within the year of Biden becoming president. And whether you like him or not, let me say it in a different way. 
feel what's happening differently. <laughs> you can see the changes slowly rolling through society. The empowerment that people feel, even if it's in defense of their own rights, the indignation, the fire, the good, then there is good that people are doing. And please remember, even though the price of gas is high, it will go down. And while we're dealing with the physical economy and shit, you have to see the difference in the energy, the morality, and the value system. We here at DGP will continually have the back of Jojo and Kiki and stop trying to take them down at our charity event. But they haven't done anything. Oh, really? We've already gone through what Jojo and Kiki have done, but just remember, we got out of Afghanistan and we killed the head of ISIS. If you're mad that gas prices went up, call a lab in Wuhan, then call Trump and complain. Yeah, when Jojo gives speeches, sure, I may tend to be on edge as his gentle, tender, whisper grandpa talking makes me nervous. And I don't agree with everything he does and says. And I find his friendship with Mitch McConnell grotesque. But I know he's a good man who really feels that every human being deserves respect and dignity. Republicans do not believe that. And nor does Chapo Trap House sexist progressive bros. <laughs> Deal with it. He and Dr. Jill also got a fucking cat and put it in the White House. And they have two dogs. They love animals and they don't hunt them for trophies. That alone should tell you something about their characters. Dick Cheney shot a man on a canned hunt. The Trump sons hunt large game in canned hunts. Maybe they'll get gas prices down for a year. But trust, just like Reagan... The shit will skyrocket eventually because all they're doing is a shell game with your money. And while you're appeased with low gas prices, they're cutting taxes for corporations and you get fucked and pay more in the long run anyway. All this is leading to today's animal reclamation of the Jojo and Kiki administration. And it's real simple. That really was a long way around the bend to get back to rock and roll. It was a long <laughs> way, but that stuff's been bugging me. Okay. Federal court ruling returns wolves to ESA listing, which means that the gray wolf is now back on the endangered species list. Why do we care about that? Here's why. Because Trump and the Republicans are cruel vipers who love killing and don't value life in any capacity. A federal judge restored protections for gray wolves in much of the country, reversing a decision by the Trump administration that stripped Endangered Species Act protections and exposed the animals to quote-unquote, aggressive hunting in areas where they were nearly killed off years ago. Basically, Trump rescinded a bunch of animals from the Endangered Species Act, and Jojo and Kiki went in and said, fuck that, and they put them back on. Because so, what, people wanted to hunt gray wolves and all these animals? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And remember when Trump also made it possible for hunters to go into the caves of bears while they were sleeping and kill them. So they basically went and restored that, which is great, because... They understand that conservation of life isn't about hunting and killing and heads on walls and farmers and ranchers talking about how wolves are predators. I call bullshit. And that's the thing with wolves that that's why they, they hunt them because they say they are predators. It's called predatory con conservation. In my opinion, a lie. And I don't believe it. And I think it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Do I want my dog to be taken by a coyote? No, I don't. So what I can do is what I do in order to protect my animals. Get a coyote vest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a woman-owned business in San Diego, and they went on Shark Tank, and it really does work. I don't go off killing coyotes because I'm scared that my dogs are going to be taken by a coyote. 
And of course, if one of them were, I would be inconsolable for the rest of my life. But I also will and do understand that's a coyote being a coyote. And the only reason it took my dog is because I moved in to its house and degraded its food source. And it's doing what it needs to do to survive rather than the other way around. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about hunters. I know this is a pebble in an ocean of cruelty, fake conservation, hunter science bullshit, and the tired narrative that hunting is good for the ecosystem when all it is is abject testosterone, domination, cruelty, torture, and murder for fun. We are so far behind and we're never ahead when it comes to living alongside and within this planet, uh, except for Native Americans who knew what they were doing at the time. But then we went ahead and killed all of them. We are entitled, disgusting, scourge, and deserve coronavirus and should consider ourselves lucky we didn't get worse. America, for all its PETA and humane society, have a long way to go, but like I stated from the beginning, if you care about anything other than money and your dick getting sucked, then you must be a Democrat right now, even a progressive one, since we're all fighting for the same thing. And I'm talking to you, that person who left that shitty fucking review. <laughs> but if you don't care about the earth and not torturing everything that's living in it, then be a Republican. Until then, let's just fight it out. And I'm going to hold tight to the work that JoJo and Kiki are doing on our behalf. I appreciate that the gray wolves are back on the endangered species list, that environmental issues are back on the table, and I truly believe it's small steps like that. And this may sound corny, that's what's going to build us back better. <laughs> so there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid, stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, uh, we don't really know how you got here, (laughs) what you're doing here, but we're glad you you possibly stayed to the end. Um, And if you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. We do two a week every week. They're both an hour and we post them on Sundays. So you'll have all week to listen to them. They're a dollar each. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to literally hundreds of hours of cruelty free, stress free, ad free podcasts that you can go back and listen to. They really are timeless. Uh, If you're curious to see what it's like, you can listen to a free episode right now on our website, julianbrandy.com. There is a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. And there's also a link to the free Patreon episode in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening, whatever app you're on. You can listen to the whole hour Patreon right there from your phone or your computer or tablet or whatever. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. It's super easy. And we do know there are a lot of people fucking jerking you off to get you to join their <laughs> Patreons. But um, we're really living on our patreon it's how we pay the bills yeah it we really appreciate it. every really single do. patron we have we really personally <laughs> so please go listen and subscribe we are all here waiting for you motioning you hypnotically to come join us like a lazy drunk cult i do feel that we're standing like come in to our patreon yeah come, come. Come, you know, listen to you're brutalizing my family and things such as lay back, make yourself a cocktail, Mm -hmm. have a mimosa, Mm. have a toke, 
whatever, have a pill, mm-hmm. and hear about big bunnies rolling around <laughs> and petting big bunnies mm-hmm. with beautiful children, aspirational children <laughs> in Sonoma. And that's the kind of thing we do on the Patreon. Yeah. That's what we do. And sometimes we do whippets and talk about, yeah. you know, pooing in the tub. I'm going to come up with a new food. We haven't done a food challenge in a while. Got to think of a good one. Alive. I, I ate a full egg with the shell on. And you recently did a Biore pour strip on your nose. I did. I did do that. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Mercedes Javid. Mercedes. MJ. Oh. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame so I'll remove the cause. <laughs> but not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>